Hello and welcome to the aid station. I'm Chris Robb and today we head to one of the countries that has handled COVID-19 better than many. We're off to New Zealand where we get to meet Benji Barsanti, who's the owner of Barefoot Sport and he's uh, just outside of Wellington. Great to see you, Benji. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me on board, Chris. Great to be here. Thanks very much. Yeah, really looking forward to having a chat. And, and, and as I said, you know, New Zealand has been in a situation where it's handled COVID amazingly well and, uh, you know, reopened and you had amazing scenes of, you know, tens of thousands of people attending rugby matches. You've had a, a little bit of, a, of an outbreak in Auckland and Auckland's been locked down again. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what, what life's like, but let's start maybe with a, a bit of your background. Tell us a bit of the, the Benji story, please. Cool. Yeah. Let's, um, well, I mean, it essentially starts where I'm sitting right now, which is in the Kapiti Coast, which, as you say, is just out of Wellington. Um, brought up here, spent my entire life outdoors playing sport. Um, early, early years was, was a, a runner and a triathlete, um, which sort of started me on this journey around uh, mass participation sports, if you like. Um, a little way into that, I found rugby, as you do as a New Zealander, and um, found a, a bit of a career in that. Um, it took me overseas and, and gave me the opportunity to travel the world, play rugby um, in, in Europe and a number of countries. Um, it's also where I, I met my lovely Scottish wife, which uh, keeps me on my toes continuously. Um, for those of you that know Scots will uh, know what I mean. Um, and, and I had two lovely daughters in Scotland and, and, and then eventually uh, came back here and um, and then re-found re that love of, of running and, and multi-sport and cycling and uh, I guess the journey ends with where we are now around our, our events business um, and the learning that I have had over those number of years. Uh, following my rugby career, I spent a lot of time in community sport. Um, I've got a real passion for the, the power of sport and, and the social value that it gives people, especially the, the mental and, and, the, and the health mental health and physical health that it, that it can it can give people um, and that sense of community I guess is 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 what's what I try and deliver in our events uh, community is so important it's so particularly important right now um, it's something that we're really battling with here around the COVID stuff um, our our participants want to be together they want to be running together and it's something that that most event directors across the world are struggling with and it's a really important part about the ethos that I have within our events Fantastic. So, sounds like an, an amazing story and um, uh, long may that Scottish wife of yours keep you on your toes and I'm sure it's not going to be too long before those two young daughters are doing the same thing to you. Well, we've got a third now, so put two young Scots and a, a young Kiwi girl in, uh, in the same family and we're in trouble. You're in big trouble. <laughs> Uh, and and obviously you you know in terms of your events you you you, you did your, your last event just before lockdown was was Xterra. You also work with a company called One Time, which is a really interesting new timing innovation in in, in sport. And you you literally had almost like this last event before COVID hit, and and then you know had to go into a bit of lockdown. Tell us a little bit about that and 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 what life's like currently in New Zealand. We know that Auckland's locked down, but what does that mean for the rest of the country? Yeah, I mean, we started the year off with a, a hiss and a roar. We were excited. We had a, a brand new exterior event to add to our um, portfolio, if you like. Um, uh, triathlon, duathlon, the works, based here in the Kapiti Coast. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, the Kapiti is at our heart of a lot of what we do, Wellington in particular. Um, the ruggedness of Wellington, we love. We try and uh, 
incorporate that into all our events. Um, so yeah, great, great opportunity. Um, you mentioned one time we, we had a, a, an incredible um, set of timing points across the course, providing data from all over the place, really lifted the level of our event. Um, we, we had um, a number of our partners be really interested in the event. We got this global touch and then uh, all of a sudden things just went stop. <laughs> And uh, as the rest of the world knows, in fact, we were the only, I'm pretty sure we're the only Xterra triathlon, full triathlon to happen in the globe this year. Um, so, you know, we're, we're ticking that one up. We'll take that. Um, but it's not ideal for our partners around the world. Um, and of course, of us moving forward. Um, jump forward from that, we had to, you know, as uh, postpone our entire se um, trail run series in Wellington, which is, is what we built our name for in the Wellington market. Um, went into a, a very quiet winter, putting plans together, putting policies in place, procedures in place to see what was happening when we come out through the, the, the dropping levels. And then all of a sudden it was gone and everyone got really excited and we re had rescheduled our events and uh, people were ready to go again. And then as you quite rightly say, Auckland uh, popped this little head up, a, a small cluster of people in Auckland. And it is small, but the way that, that um, Jacinda and the government have approached it is to knock it out and, and obviously it's been great for us because we got rid of it already and but that's put another whole uh, I think it's almost worse the second time round because we thought we were out we thought we were free we thought our events would be would going forward um, going forward unhinged um, but you know what it is what it is I hate to use that saying but we've got plans in place and even at level two down here in Wellington we can put on successful events and just today we you know put a social media post out saying we're ready to go we're going to do it we're going to do it safely and and the response from that has been brilliant because people do want to get out as long as they can do it in a safe environment um, and so you know we're so lucky to be able to run events in New Zealand because the rest of the world is, is very different yeah, that's uh, that, that's great, isn't it? And 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 I think you know the point you make. People want to get out. It was amazing, wasn't it? That first weekend of sport, you know, Eden Park, full to the rafters, forty three thousand people in 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 a Super Rugby match, which probably ordinarily would have would have attracted maybe ten or twelve thousand people. So there's this demand, I think, in sport generally, and and absolutely from a mass participation perspective. Whilst it's challenging, I really believe that you know once we get past this, whenever that may be, there's going to be so many people that want to get out there and and get active. I'd love to hear some of the challenges that you've faced during that period of time. Obviously, you know, this never ending start line, you've said it's, you know, it's almost harder the second time round. You've got a team of people, you've got sponsors, you've got participants. What would have been some of the biggest challenges you faced during that time, Benji? The uncertainty for me has been a real difficult one. Um, the, the making decisions with a complete unknown as to whether we're making the right decision. You know, do we cancel an entire series? Do we postpone it? If we're going to postpone it, what date do we postpone to? How do we communicate that? When's the right time to communicate that? How do we bring sponsors along with us, um, particular sponsors that are having a really tough time themselves? Um, and so I guess that challenge, that, that unknown challenge has, has been quite difficult. We don't, we don't, you know, we can plan for a lot of things, but there's a lot of things that we can't plan for as well. Um, in the end, it looked like we made a really good decision on when we postponed our events till. And then, like I say, Chris, you know, we ducked back into another wee uh, cluster. But um, I think we're going to come out of it with our heads held high at the, at the end of the day. 
Um, but that's a really uneasy time. I mean, you know, a lot of event directors in New Zealand are small operations um, who have their family and their house on the line. And, you know, so as soon as you throw a financial element into that mix, so am I going to have a roof over my head? Um, are the businesses or the people that work for us going to be okay? That, that creates a real level of tension and, and unease and definitely did for me and, and our family. Yeah, and I'm guessing, you know, from a sponsorship perspective, again, it's, it's not a massive economy. The numbers, as you say, are relatively small. The population relatively small to, to some of the other big markets in the world. How have you found the sponsors, though? I mean, you said some of them doing it tough themselves, but most of them being able to stick by you and support you, and you found a solution to help each other in the main? Yeah, we really have. Um, I, my philosophy to sponsorship is to um, intrinsically link our values. So we work with people that, that, that have the same values of us that um, it's not necessarily about income for, for our events it's the added value that those sponsors can bring to us uh, we have a lot of local sponsors that we try and support and even our our biggest sponsor sponsors are, are New Zealand brands um, and we work with them really closely so what we've tried to do is support them through this process as well you know what can we give to them that's going to support them through a really difficult time. We don't have bricks and mortar, you know, we don't have huge staffing um, wage bills like they do, where they're looking at closing entire stores or closing entire sometimes regions. Um, so, you know, we, we worked really hard with them. I made a lot of phone calls. We built on those relationships that we've built over the past. Um, and I, I actually think that those relationships are what got us through. Um, and, and again, um, one of the things that I will pat myself on the back with or our entire team, which is that it's about those values. It's about what we build our business around and who we bring into that scope has been a real success story because we haven't lost any sponsors and, uh, and we're all seeing the other end of this dark tunnel. Fantastic. And yeah, like you say, community, communication, partnership. Uh, you know, we're seeing so much of that emerging through this, that whole partnership and relationship and, and, and doing the right thing by people. So it seems that, you know, you've taken quite a significant leadership role in there in terms of, you know, being proactive, reaching out to partners. What are some of the, the leadership principles you follow? Any new tips that you've learned uh, from a leadership perspective during this period? Anything that's kind of helped drive you through? Um. Look, that's a really difficult one to answer. Um, you know, no one really sort of puts themselves on a pedestal and, and gives themselves some, a leadership role. Um, it's not something that I wanted in terms of taking those sponsors with me, but having that real core ethos of community at my heart, which I'm a real believer in sport, I'm a real believer in physical activity, and I'm, I'm a real believer that our business needs to be driven by the values that we have. Um, you know, that it's not just about the, the dollars that come through the door. So I guess um, the, lead, the, the, the lessons that I take re really come from, from that heart, what, what we're about. Um, it's been interesting, uh, just to go back to that one-time story, I've been working on some of our values a little bit around that business. And um, it's, a, it's a really difficult thing to to think about what, what your business values are and, and where they come from. Um, if you look at big business, it's often about money, but 
those businesses are also looking about, you know, how do we treat people? What are we about? What's the core thing that drives us? And, and for one time, the thing that I like about that is the values are the same as what we have within Barefoot Sport, which is, you know, we're about our community. We're about taking things forward and not sort of sitting on our, resting on our laurels, I guess you'd say, Chris. Um, and I love that, you know, we're about connecting people together. Um, pretty much what you're great at, to be honest, looking at some of your other webinars and, and, and the, the, the mass participation worlds. I mean, that's what you're about, connecting people together. And that's what community is about. That's what events are so, that's what's so great about events is that people love them. They want to be together. They want to be part of a community. Um, and, and, and that's where I got to with this, to, to tie up that story, that's where I got to with this one-time solution around our values and our ethos is that that is the connector. That's the part that brings them all together. Mm. Oh, it's, a, it's a great point. And, you know, you, you've, you've said community so many times in this. I, I, I see so much. I, I have no doubt that our big city events will, will come back. But I think one of the ways forward for our industry is going to be very much around local destination events, communities. I think, you know, one of the real positives that come out of this people reconnecting with nature, reconnecting with family and friends. And there's, there's not, not many better countries in the world to be able to do that. The beauty of New Zealand, uh, you said you were out mountain biking at the weekend in the pouring rain. That's part of gr growing up in Wellington. You were just damn lucky that it wasn't howling a gale, I guess. But uh, it's, uh, you know. It, was, it wasn't windy, but it was wet. So <laughs> you're right. You know, we, our, our, our Barefoot Thoughts um, sports ethos is to inspire people into the outdoors, you know, um, put, by putting on great events. Now, we're lucky in New Zealand because we don't have to do much inspiration, right? <laughs> <laughs> the country does it for us. For you. Yeah. Well, that leads us perfectly. What a great segue into how I always like to end off these aid station uh, chats is, you know, something inspiring apart from the inspiring country of New Zealand and, and the people and your amazing sports heritage. Is, is there an inspiring story that you'd like to leave people with, please? Do you know what? I'm going to be a bit cliche here. I think, yes, I had all the, the people that inspired me growing up. Um, you know, there's plenty of heroes out there that we've seen across the world. Um, when I was preparing for, for having a chat to you, I saw some of your other webinars and people with amazing stories about world leaders and, and athletes that really have, have driven them to where they are. I've got to admit, the thing that drives me now and inspires me the most are the three little girls that I have running about here. Um, uh, you know, coming, going back to where I did a predominant, my predominant work around community development was when London Olympics and Glasgow Games were going and they're all about legacy. It's all about what are we going to leave behind for these people? And I guess an inspirational quote that I always go back to is that all black quote, which is we want to leave the Jersey in a better place than we found it. And it's a real, um, a driver for me. It's a driver for our events. It's a driver for the way that I want to bring up our children and the reason why we've surrounded ourselves and, and live where we live, because I want them to find the same inspiration through this amazing planet that we've been given. Doesn't matter where we are. Yes, we happen to live in New Zealand, but wherever we are, whatever hill we're running, whatever mountain we're skiing or mountain biking down, um, those three are the inspiration for me about delivering that, about some of the the other core elements of our business about zero waste, about, you know, trying to have recyclable material, about um, building trophies out of reclaimed totara timber. And, you know, it's what we leave behind, essentially, that, that inspires me rather than 
people that I look up to. What a great way to finish. Uh, what, absolutely. And, and no more relevant than, than in these current times. It's, uh, yeah, what, what a great way to finish. Thank you so much, Benji. Very inspiring. And it's, it's been wonderful talking to you. We could chat for ages. Uh, wonderful chat. Thank you so much. And hopefully uh, you have some, some great events in the next few months and New Zealand goes back to fully open and, and, and that starts to reverberate around other parts of the world in, in the not too distant future. Great to chat. Yeah, thank thanks you very much. Great to be here. Cheers. Bye.